0: What's up, Profile Pod TV listeners? Chris here, and you might recognize my voice from numerous guest appearances on Profile Pod TV, but if you don't, that's okay. I'm here to tell you to come check out my podcast. It's called The Kickback. I do it with three of my closest friends, Jesse, Abe, and Louie. We sit back, drink a couple beers talk about some embarrassing stories, talk about our lives, talk about what's going on in the world. And we try to make light of it. We try to make you laugh. We try to get you to forget about everything crazy that's going on in the world. So if you think that's for you, come check us out. We also do interviews as well. If you want to listen to an interview from a professional athlete or a comedian, someone in the entertainment business, we got that here too. So come check us out. Go to our Instagram, at the LA. You can see all of our hilarious clips. If you click the link in our bio, you can listen to full episodes of the kickback podcast. So, come check us out. Other than that, back to the show.
1: You're watching Profile Pod TV with Double A. And always remember to take it easy. And welcome to Profile Pod TV. I'm your host, back again. I'm Double A here for another spectacular episode of the pod, man. And we got another dandy one for you in store tonight, man. As you can see, we got our our special guest here of the evening. Uh, Before we get into our special guest and start things off, I just wanted to mention a couple things. Don't forget to subscribe to Profile Pod TV on YouTube. Support the show. Support the cause. Support Double A, your man. Um, so don't forget to do that also don't forget to leave me a rate review on Apple Podcast uh, shoot me a DM follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter Clubhouse, all that good stuff um, once again I want to thank everybody for all the support out there man, everybody's been so supportive and that's what it's all about because um, I, I I aim to please the audience and, and create content and a, a fabulous show, man. I, I want to entertain. That's my goal. So um, it's really great to be here back on the pod. So without with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into tonight's guest. This gentleman hails out of Harlem, New York City. He's a music producer, master engineer, a sound designer. He's the CEO of Mad Bull Productions. And uh, he has his own studios. You can see, I think he's in there right now. Uh, he has the best ears in the business, ladies and gentlemen. He's worked with some big, big names. For example, Wiz Khalifa, KRS1, Fat Joe, Too Short, Chef Ray Quan. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, White Clef Jean, he was on the Sway in the morning show and uh, just, just uh, has done a, a plethora of things in the industry. And it's a huge, huge honor. To have him here, right here, on first time on Profile Pod TV, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast my man, Big French. How you doing, boss? Yeah, bro. How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good, man. It's a uh, ple- pleasure,
2: having you here. How's everything out in the, uh, Harlem today, man? Everything's good. The weather's turning nice, and uh, you know, people are outside. You know what I mean? You know, we was in- indoors for a whole year. Tell me about it, brother. Yeah, we're we're out here in L.A. and
1: uh, yeah, like you said, things are starting to open up today. as a matter of fact, the state opened up officially, so which is kind of cool, right? Things are getting back to normal. People are just out there and life just you know it's it's great to have life back to normal, man. Right. At least getting back that way, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And it's a huge step going back. Uh, is it is it, it pretty warm out there in in, in uh, New York City today? Extremely warm. I'd be
2: in the nineties this week. Oh. You know what I mean so, it's all good. You know what I mean? Some sun. The women are outside. <laughs> That's never a bad thing, right? That's never no. a bad thing. No. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty warm out here too, man. I think it's in the mid 90s as well. So, you know, we're heading in that direction of the summertime, man. So uh yeah, yeah man. I, I want to thank you once again for being here. Uh, Big French. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. No, no. It's uh, you know, I'm really impressed with your body of work, man. You've done a lot of big things in this business, and and uh, I know you've been producing. About, uh correct me if I'm wrong. Over 20 years now, right? About 20, 20 years. About that. No doubt, man. No doubt. We're gonna get into your story and everything, man. And by the way, I was watching your the debut episode today of uh, of my of you and and, and Mark and uh, uh oh. Nicole Porter and, and Mike, of course, uh, on the new show. And that, man, that was a really really cool episode, man. Date show. Congratulations on that.
2: Yeah,
1: more of that. More of that coming very soon. I bet, man. I bet. Yeah, Mike. Mike came on here, man. We had a great time, and but uh, yeah, yeah. That's so my brother, Mike Powers. Shout out to Mike Powers. My brother, Mike Powers is is a special man. Man, I, that guy. He's a very talented individual, and very was
2: talented, and very smart, very you know. And, and he's a he's a good guy all around, you know what I mean? No, doubt, he's a rare one. You don't bump into those kind of people all the time.
1: No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, we were talking earlier. It's just, you, you come across people in life and sometimes you just hit it off and then things just move so quickly because the chemistry and all the right. dynamic is so powerful.
2: That's exactly what happened with us. Like, we're all, like I said, uh, we're all, like, relatively new friends and... The chemistry was just so crazy, and Mike had to wear a to be like, "Yeah, hey, we need to put this shit on camera," and <laughs> that's kind of what it is. And like I said, it's more about our chemistry more than trying to tell a story or tell gossip or any crazy shit like that. Like we just want to give the people our vibe, because our vibe is so good. Like people need to see that shit.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a special vibe, man, and. You know, I, I, you, you want, yeah, you want to capture that, capture that magic, and I feel it, man. I feel it, but it, uh, it's gonna be nice to see where where that show goes, man. And but, big French, man. Let's take it back to kind of like the the to the beginning, man. Kind of, you know, how, how did this journey start for you, man? As as a music producer, um, you know.
2: My journey started in probably 1992, when I graduated from the Institute of Audio Research to become an engineer. Like, once I graduated from there, that's what it was like. Because, I mean, going to that school for me was the cheat code. You know what I mean? Because I was already kind of producing. But, you know, around that time, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? If I learned how to be an engineer, I could make my beat sound better. Mm. And that was my whole motivation. And then, like, once I got into it, I was like, you know what? I could make a living out of this. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. You know, I was still young, you know. what I'm saying, '92. I was still young. I was about 20 years old, and uh, you know, and it was it was a a nice way to go to kind of avoid like the street life. No doubt, man. You know, go.
1: goes to that that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And you grew up in uh, New York City. Yeah, Harlem. Grew up in Harlem. Grew up at Harlem, man. Yeah, yeah. That's that was. Uh... That's How was that, man, growing up in New York City, man? I mean, I...
2: Well, uh, Harlem is unlike any other place in the world, first of all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, there's other boroughs in New York City that make up New York City, but Harlem is a special place because it's the smallest borough. So a lot of us here in Harlem, we all know each other. We grew up with each other. So there's that that camaraderie, that closeness that you have with a person with, like, the whole block you feel that way about. You know what I'm saying? where like I came up at a time where, you know, other people's parents had a hand in raising you and how you would conduct yourself in the street, you know? Like you didn't wanna, you didn't wanna curse around, you know, Miss Mamie or you didn't wanna curse about around Miss Johnson, because she'd run back and tell your grandma and then there's trouble. You know what I'm saying? So you know it kept us in check in a way, you know what I'm saying? It kept us respectful. Things of that nature. <laughs>
1: Definitely, man. Definitely, I, and you know, I have, I have a lot of respect for New York City. I love everything about New York City, man. I've been there um, once. I was there back in twenty ten, and uh, truly my my big little you know five days there, man. I, I, the one thing I really loved about it, man, is I, you know, coming from L.A., you do not have to drive anywhere, man. I was I was in that subway, man. That subway was beautiful, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you said <laughs> a, beautiful, like city. People in New York hate the subway. <laughs> like, uh, I, I haven't taken a train in, the, in a few years. You know what I'm saying? Just because, like, once you, like, buy a car, it's like, man, fuck that train, fuck that bus. Like, I never take the bus, though. If I got to take mass transit, I'm taking the train. Because yeah. buses, buses got to stop for stops and lights. And <laughs> I'm impatient. I want to get hurry up and get there. You know what I'm saying? But the subways, is hot, semi-dangerous. And sometimes it's packed. Well, pre COVID, it used to be packed where, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, right up on a person, and, you know what I'm saying? That's never comfortable. So yeah. it's like, let me just get a car. And then I, I i checked my Uber bill one day, and I'm like, you know what? As much money as I spent on Uber, I could just buy a fucking car. And that's what I did. You know what I'm saying? There, there you go, man. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, shout out to Uber, because Uber was a wonderful thing. Uber? Yeah,
1: love it. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah no. you know. But going back to what you were saying, man, about you know the 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 neighbors and the and the you know somebody's grandparents, kind of everybody's kind of raising their, the the neighbors' kids, and it, I think it's, I appreciate that closeness of New York City, man. Uh, yeah. You guys were kind of uh, like here in you know LA, we're kind of in we're in tract homes, we're kind of spread out a little bit more, but there is like every everybody kind of knows each other's kids,
2: families, and stuff like that, and you grow up together, and, and it's like. It's a closeness It's like you had, like, the privilege of growing up having multiple parents. Like, you know, whoever your best friends were, their parents were your parents when you were over at their house. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was always that, like, you know, you know you're close with a person, you can just walk in the house and go in the refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that determines a lot. No doubt. No doubt. How, how close were you to, uh, or are you, to Rucker Park? Um... I'm in what you call South Harlem, Soha. What they, what the gentrifiers want to change it to, but that'll never happen. (laughs) You said it's Soha, right? They want to call it Soha and and Noha. That's a no go. That's never gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? But the gentrifiers, you know, came to Harlem and they kind of moved in with the kind of attitude that they belong here and that. They can do what they want and start changing names of things and moving shit around. Like, but that's not gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna they're gonna have a fight before that happens.
1: No doubt, man. No, that, that goes back generations, right? I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm
2: I'm what they call old Harlem. You know what uh, I mean? Old school, huh? Yeah. Yeah, man. So <laughs> I don't mind, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of dudes that I grew up with aren't here on this earth anymore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem with being the big homie or the unk, as the young kids say. Whatever it doesn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No yeah. doubt, man. The OG, as they say out here. Mm-hmm. The... Right, right, man. Hip hop keeps you young. <laughs> it does, man. Hip hop keeps you young. Like, if you want to stay young forever, be involved in hip hop in some way. Definitely. Definitely, man. You know? Uh, so when did you discover your love for music? Bro, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a quick story. It's actually kind of funny. Like, as a kid growing up, um, when my mom would put me on punishment, right? She'd be like, you know, go to your room, stay in your room, and you can't go outside. But I had a Casio keyboard, a really big, noisy-ass keyboard, right? So i go in there, pissed off and I start making a bunch of fucking noise, but my mother being smart as she was, she would just ignore that shit, and eventually, I got tired of hearing noise, so I learned how to, like, I would play the things that I heard on the radio, you know what I'm saying? That was was like my practice. Okay. So so eventually, I got good at the shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm self-taught when it comes to keyboards and shit like that, you know what I'm saying, from young, because, like I said, I was in there in my room on punishment for doing some dumb shit, and... (laughs) I'm in there with the keyboard, and after, a while, after an hour, banging on the keys, trying to make my mother mad to send me outside, I get tired <laughs> of hearing that shit, so I'm trying to make music now, and it, it became addictive. Yeah. How old were you at, at, during, these, during this time? How old were you? Walk- I'm probably like, you know, my early teens, you know, 11, okay. 12, you know. So you start picking up that, uh, you start getting better at the keyboard then. Right, so then I'm now I'm playing like whole songs and shit, and then um, my older brother, his name is Rich Nice, you know, from X Track Masters, the first rapper signed to Motown, you know what I'm saying? Nice, and uh, he was into production, and you know I was already DJing, and that's usually a producer's first step. They usually uh, most producers were DJs first, and I'm like, You know, in my early teens, early to late teens, I'm I'm the hood DJ. You know what I'm saying? Okay. i in the block parties, and I'm in, you know, basketball games, shit like that. So the next step for me was production. So I'm starting to make beats for my homies. You know what I'm saying? I'm using, like, back then, I'm using, like, a cassette with a Casio S1 sampler. And this thing had no features, like, in the, you, could, you know, you couldn't even put a line into a sample It it says, like, speak to mic. So, you know, the sample sounded terrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we young, and we just was amazed that we could actually make music, you know? Yeah. All, yeah, you know, so then I went to school. But I went to the Institute of Audio Research. So once I left there, I started working in a studio called Noise in the Attic. In Midtown Manhattan. And there I met DJ Duop from DuWop and the Bounce Squad. I'm engineering for him. I'm engineering for a bunch of other people. And then in 1995, it's like, I'm doing a lot. Like, I'm engineering at the studio. I get my first placement with KRS1 in 95. And Doop drops a mixtape that later goes on into Hip Hop Hall of Fame called 95 Live. Remember that? 95 live. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but the thing about this mixtape is it had an intro that was a half an hour long, and everybody who was anybody at the time was on there spitting a freestyle. We talking Wu Tang, Buster, Q-Tip, Guru, okay. God, you know what I'm saying? Everybody was on this mixtape, mm. on this intro, and I think it was the first mixtape to go like mixtape platinum. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. a really, that was a good summer. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It, so that, was, that was like the, for me, for my career, that was the spark. That From that point on, I think just kind of took yeah, off. because I engineered Doo Wop the Bound Squad simultaneously mm. getting my first production placement with KRS One. Wow. So now, you know, I'm an established producer and I'm an established engineer the same year.
1: Wow. Yeah, that, no, that's un- unbelievable, man. So, so uh, from that point on, what was kind of your next, um, I mean, your next project or gig that, uh, that
2: you can remember? Remember, um, After Keras won, um, oh man, I was just doing a lot of engineering and just getting my yeah. chops up with that. I mean, not putting the production to the side, but I was still doing production, but at the time I wasn't getting any placements. And there was a time, this was back when the record companies were still, like, thriving, and the kind of the rule of thumb was that at that time, like, all the production went to the big boys, like Premier, Pete Rock, you know, they wasn't coming, they wasn't really checking for the underground production features. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, well, fuck that, I can do this engineering thing in the meantime. And that's what I was doing, you know, know, getting my chops up. Yeah,
1: yeah, no doubt, man. So who were some of your early hip-hop influences Big French, so like 15-year-old Big French, who, who are you listening to back
2: then, man? 15 year old Big French. I'm listening to Rakim. Hmm. You know what I'm
1: saying?
2: Being Rockim, huh? Yeah. I am thinking, thinking that probably around that time. Uh-huh. Let's see. Yeah, probably Rock him. Anyway, we talk about influences. So we like Rockim, Karras, one, you know mm. what I'm saying? I was always heavy into, like, bars, you know what I'm saying? And at that time, like, growing up in hip-hop, the bars didn't really start until around that time, you know what I'm saying? The, before that, the rhymes were still, like, sing song, you know what I'm saying? Real predictable rhymes, you know what I'm saying? Cat-hat, cat-sat rhymes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Rakim, to me, was the first one to kind of bend the rules on the, on the format of rap. You know what I mean, he changed the game because after that, now everybody want to be lyrical. <laughs> you know I mean? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, uh, kind of.
1: Then uh, you, you know, De La Soul comes in and, and
2: yeah, uh, Daisy Age and all that. And I was a fan of uh, like the Jungle Brothers. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were Daisy Age, but they still had flow with raps and bars. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, they were I'm like get the street to... version of De La Soul. I'm sorry, say it again. Jungle Brothers were more of a street version of, of De La Soul to me. Yeah, J- Jungle Brothers, man. <laughs> what did you ever get into uh uh EPMD? Oh yeah. Yeah, um Eric, Eric Sermon. Sermon is probably one of the most unsung producers in the game. Like he deserves way more props as a producer, I think, because his beats are fucking crazy. And one of oh, my favorite songs in hip hop is music. Yeah. By yeah. Eric Ferman. Like that shit is just a beautiful fucking record. Like anytime, any place, that record can play and it gives you that you know, this shit dope feeling. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he, he was the producer for e, EPMD, or did they kind of to go back to him
2: and Parrish kind of go back and forth? I think it was between EPMD and probably that producer scratch. I mean at DJ Scratch. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure he gotta a lot of hand in production as well. But I'm thinking a lot of it was E was Eric, uh, Eric Yeah, man. That's uh
1: and then you know, what about public enemy and then, and then uh you know oh, yeah. of course
2: came public in. Enemy, like like the when they had like everything had their era and each era was just dope like like, Public Enemy kind of falls in, like, the Black Power era when everything was, like, the, the African medallions and, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like, Public Enemy and, like, man, I miss x plan. Oh. Brother sense. J was, like, that group, I had the kids, like, just proud to be Black, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. they made you feel a certain way, those records. Like, when you heard Brother J talk about all that African stuff and, like, you may not know what he was talking about, but it, it made you want to go search that, like, if you felt like, yo, like, we were really kings at one time? We were kings." Okay. Like, you know? And that's great for a kid to have that feeling, you know what I mean? Like, we are more, we are worth more than what society puts on us. You know what right.
1: I mean? Yeah, man. No, I remember that. Frenchie, I remember that, those years, man. The early, the late 80s, early 90s, man, and yeah, movies like uh, "Do the Right Thing" and um, you know, you know Chuck D and, and, and Public Enemy coming out with some "Fight the Power" and, right. and New Jack City and uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot of pride here on the West Coast as well, man. That was that was it uh, was it was a, a hip hop thing, obviously, yeah. And uh, but yeah, man, it was uh, man, man. I'm so envious, man, because you know you grew up in New York City, man. That's the mecca, man. That's the mecca of hip hop, you know. And you had all, all this stuff going on, you had all these artists. You had, I mean, just Movies being made, just uh, you know, down the line, even you know, going all the way back to the Beat Street. I mean, you know, it's just
2: uh, it's it's amazing, man. It's what, what happened out there? It was beautiful, man. Like, and I'm glad to say, like, I was there for a lot of that shit. I mean, like, a lot of it. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, man. And now, now you got. I mean, I it's I was it's safe to say. Oh, it's almost.
2: Every country in the world has got some some you know lyricists
1: now, man. I mean, oh, yeah.
2: Now, right now, hip-hop like is... it's like hip hop is global thing. It's not just a New yep. York thing, a United States thing. It's around the world. You can you can spin the globe and close your eyes and pick a country, and it's going to be a hip hop scene there. Yeah, you just I... got you just got to know where to look. Uh uh-huh. It's there. Because I, I bumped into Russian rappers, African rappers, Italian rappers, French rappers, Japanese rappers. Like, the whole gambit, bro.
1: Incredible, man. Incredible. Um, speaking of Russian, I think uh,
2: my man, what is it, Trilla? Trumatic. matic right? right yeah. right? He just did a joint with G4JAG. He's mm-hmm. rapping in Russian.
1: That's incredible, man. And here's
2: the thing, a lot of it don't even have to have to do with the words if you understand them or not. But you know a flow if it's a good flow or not. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? It has nothing to do with the words. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If he's if he's in pocket and riding that beat the right way, it doesn't matter what the fuck he's saying because <laughs> it's still gonna sound sonically well to the ear.
1: Absolutely, 100 percent, man. Yeah, you exactly. You hit it on the head. At, um there's a fluidity to it right right
2: it has to flow a certain way yeah those syllables you may not understand the words but those certain syllables of vowels got to land on the big beat in certain places and rap and rhyme you know what i'm saying it's supposed to be a rap right right hey man i want
1: to ask you man what, what was it like to work with some of these big time artists man like for example uh you know, Chef Raekwon, man, what was he like in the studio? Talk about that a little bit.
2: Um, well, the one time I was in the studio with Raekwon, the chef, <coughs> um, they were doing ninety-five live. Oh, you know what I mean. And they came in. It was like this, and, it, and, it, and ninety-five. This was like Wu Tang's like heyday. So yeah. it was a thousand of these motherfuckers in the studio. <laughs> it was crazy. And but you know everybody was there to work, you know what I'm saying. So it didn't take too long, and like, they figured out which Wu Tang members were gonna actually be on the freestyle, and then everybody else left. And then they sat down. I played the beat over and over and over while they wrote to it, and then they got in the booth, they did they bars, couple takes, not not long, wasn't all night, and they left. And that was their part on 95 Live. I mean, it was dope. Yeah. Just to be in the room with those guys, because, you know, I'm young, and I'm like, yo, this is Wu-Tang. All of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there a little bit of a, an intimidation factor on your part, or not so much intimidation, kind of maybe like a nervousness, like a kind of a... Of course, of course. I mean, remember, in 95, I only been out of school three years. You know what I'm saying? I graduated in 92, so I'm still fairly new at this shit. I'm still learning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is back... 95 was the year the world went digital. You know, before that it was like ADATs and DA88s and shit like that. And some studios were still using real to real. And then one day you didn't need none of that shit. Uh. And it, it, was, it was like, you know, the owner of the studio was like, hey, it's going right into the computer. I'm like, word? Oh wow, that's gonna change the game. And then it did. Yeah. Uh, Everybody would approach who set up they're an engineer now. Absolutely, man. You're, you're talking about
1: '95 Frenchie, a lot, man. And for me, that I was uh, I was in the Navy. I was nine, uh, 19 years old, and uh, I mean that was the year, like you said, that was Wu Tang's heyday. And then you had Tupac at the t- top of his game. You had uh, you know Biggie. You had uh, I mean all kinds of artists, man. I mean De La Soul a tri- a Tribe was doing their thing. You had, uh, man, I can't, I can't even think. There's there's
2: so many that were... In in 95, the energy of hip-hop was so crazy. Like, everything was happening, and everything that was coming out was just so dope. You know what I mean? It was just like, everything was just, like, on point, like, right at that moment. Like, 95 was just one of those years where everything was aligned, and the fucking energy was perfect, and everybody involved was just at their peak.
1: You know what I mean? Right. Right, and you, you know, on the West Coast, you had Dre doing their thing and right. his thing, Snoop, and and you know, you know, uh, um, Dog Pound. Right, Short was coming out with stuff. E40. I
2: mean, just it, it, man, what a beautiful time it, it was! It was, it was bananas, bro. Was, like I missed them times because it was like, like shit that was going on at the time. Even then, you you knew like. This kind of shit is never going to happen again. <laughs> right.
1: I, I know. It, it, yeah, man. Or sometimes you maybe I was, you know, you feel, you, you don't really think like too far down the line. Yeah, you don't, you don't, yeah, we you, you don't know if this is going to happen again, like you said. Or, you know, maybe we thought, oh, this is going to be like a, a common thing going forward. I don't know.
2: Uh, you know I, I don't know. I'm weird like that. I be knowing shit. Like, it's going to be. Pre- <laughs> They call me French Dominus on the low. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was like, I was looking around at the world in 95, like, yo, this shit is so dope, it's never gonna happen again. And it didn't, and it still yeah. hasn't. <laughs> no, 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 it's a... Uh... No, but I wish, I hope, like, the work we're doing now will, like, mean to the world as much as the work that we did in 95 would mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like, like not to change the subject, but like Lord Mob, like these guys I'm working with now, they got a got a, a stranglehold on the industry right now, and it's this is a good time for us. You know what I mean, I've seen uh, uh, um,
1: some of the artists, uh, you know, Lord Mob and um, the the, who, the general, my, my, what's uh flea flea lord, flea lord, right? Oh man, he's. Uh, just phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. right? Yeah. Absolutely, man. No, I, you guys, they're doing some great, great work, man, and it's, it's, uh, like you said, yeah, hopefully it can be as epic as it, as, you know, we're talking about 95 and in the
2: 90s. Uh, and I believe that they're going to talk about the work I've did with Law Mob, like, forever. You know what I mean? Because the way this company moves is, there's nothing new under the sun, so I won't say it's never been done, but it hasn't been done like this in a long while. Yes, I mean like uh, where a company is gathering people and art artists from all over the country and kind of making it one super team. You know what I mean? Squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. It, it, the hip hop industry
1: uh, right now is is it, it's a. Uh... Talk about that a little bit, Frenchie. I mean, uh, tell us, a little, put, put put, me up on game, man. It's, it's evolving, uh, it, um,
2: right? It's, it's going to always evolve. It's, it's totally 100% different than it was and let's say, like, back in the day, like when record companies had the reins on everything. Because now we're in a deep, you know, DIY world, do it yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where everybody's kind of like, you go out and you spend $1,500 on a Mac, you got a studio in a box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? And you buy a mic to go with that, and you can spend under five grand and have a, a nice studio in your crib, you know what I'm saying? And that's where we at with it. Mm. Walk around with a studio in your nap stack, you know what I'm saying? That's where we at with technology. Yeah. And if you know what you're doing, you teach yourself or go to school Old school. But you know what I'm saying? There's been a lot of people that have been teaching themselves. And like, I wish they had YouTube back in the day when I was growing up. I'd be a trillionaire by now. You know <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? Like, all the free information on fucking YouTube, kids, you better take advantage. Man. As it actually goes away tomorrow, you know
3: what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: so,
2: yo, I had it. It was right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, man.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, man. And uh, I, I kind of, I want to go back to kind of the artists you've worked with, man. Uh, what was uh, Black Thought?
2: Oh, yeah. working with man. Listen, shout out to Rich Nice, my brother Rich Nice. He had, he bought, he sent Black Thought to my studio. He had to do something for the Tonight Show, I'm not whoever show that the boots were on, and he had to spit a verse or something, and he had no other studio to go to, so of course comes here. And uh he was super chill, you know what I'm saying? He came in, he was very humble. And in my mind, I'm kind of geeking in my mind like, yo, that's motherfucking black thought in the <laughs> studio, in my motherfucking studio. So in my mind, I'm like, yo. <laughs> right? Let's Gotta, go. Yeah. So he comes in, I play the beat, he gets in the zone, he's writing. Um, 15 20 minutes later, he's like, All right, I'm ready. He gets in the booth. I record him. I remember it was one take. He laid it down. He laid down his leads. He laid down his ad libs. He was done and out the door. He, he said, Yo, email it here. I'm out. And he was <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I did. I, I was able to take one picture with him before he left. Is that like, yeah, it's on my gram. Big French MVP on the gram. You don't see that. You have to scroll down a little bit. It was, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> and and he, you you worked with him on just that one time?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, yeah, well, that's cool, man. That, yeah, Stuff like that just fascinates me, man. Yeah, I mean, just the, one take and that, I mean, just that was it, huh? Just, one take, and it was that good out the door. Nailed it. Yeah. And for those of the, of the of you not
2: familiar with Black Thought, he's uh, from the roots, right? Yeah. You don't know who Black Thought is, and you call yourself being a part of hip-hop, you might want to go do some studying. <laughs> he is an incredible fucking rapper. I mean, out of this world. Gosh. Philadelphia PA, right? Uh-huh. uh the, the
1: root's from Philadelphia, right? I want to say. Yeah, I think so. From from Philly, yeah. And Wow, man. Yeah. And it's, who's, name uh, one more artist, uh, Frenchie, who, who was an absolute pleasure to work with, man. Who, can you tell us, uh, what,
2: maybe give us one more artist that you, you know, really enjoyed working with in the God studio? Left, well, God bless the dead, my bro, Black Rob. Mm. He was my boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he did his last album here, Um, Genuine Article. Really? Yeah. Wow, talk about that experience, man. Um, I know I knew Rob since the uh low days. You know what I'm saying? I know him a while. So, you know, I've been yeah. working with him like off and on since I met him. You know what I mean? But then, okay. When we did the album Um Genuine Article, it was like, you know, he wasn't with he wasn't with uh, Bad Boy anymore. He wasn't with Duck Down. He was just kind of independent. Was like, fuck it, let's just do an album independent, you know what I'm saying? Put it out ourselves. And that's kind of what we did. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Wow. Gosh. And when was that last time? Uh when was in your, in your studio last? Um, he was in my studio last around the time we did that album. Like, unfortunately, like um some people know, some people don't. Like, he had his first stroke in my studio. Wow. Yeah. And I was the guy that took him to the, to the hospital. You know? Yeah. The only reason I like to tell people that, that I was the one that took him to the hospital, because I know what the doctor told me. There was a lot of rumors about him being on drugs and that sort of thing. And the doctor told me he had zero drugs in the system when I brought him in. Yeah. I, mean. like, I just would like, you know, I don't like to hear, you know, industry rumor shit, this it's whack you know what i'm yeah. saying and it's like why you know he's gone now so there shouldn't be no reason to even talk bad on him of course of course man rest in peace yeah no doubt man he was a good dude at the end of the day so that's that on black rob but that's my dude rest in peace. absolutely man
1: absolutely uh and, and, and so what kind of equipment do you uh do they still make those sp
2: sp uh sp 1200s sp 1200s yeah, they still make them. About, I, I mean, I don't know if they still make them. I know they still sell them. Like, you know, like I've seen a couple people come up on them, like on eBay or through uh, music uh, equipment sites and things of that nature. I'm not sure if they still actually physically make them. But, but there's people still... You, you can still... They're, they're still circulating. Cause people still using them. Like, shout out to Easy Mo B. I see him on his uh, Instagram lives. He's doing, like, he like remakes the beats. That he made back in the day. Uh-huh. He does it on SP, and it's fucking incredible. Wow. Uh-huh. I, I, you know what? As long as I've been in the production, I never really got with that machine. I didn't like it, because the, the buttons are hard, and if you tap on them shits long enough, you'll get square fingers. <laughs> so uh-huh. I was like, the MPC pads a nice and soft. You can bang on them shits all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get finger fatigue and shit like that. Right, right,
1: no doubt, man, no doubt. I was, I was watching your uh, appearance on the, on Big S- uh, on Sway in the morning. Sway's the homie. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a cool appearance, man. Was that in New York City? Yeah, uh, downtown Manhattan. Downtown
2: Manhattan, yeah, yeah. Man. Thanks to COVID, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think they're doing remote shows, like everybody's home or wherever they are, and they kind of send a camera crew over to your house and. Who are there? Oh, I see. I see. I don't know if they're back in the studio yet, but I know at the end of the month they're supposed sort to of be lifting the whole mask uh, man you know, mandate. So yeah, so you won't have to won't be required to wear a mask every fucking way no more. Because yeah, I know, I um, I think today they said like New York is like seventy-five percent vaccinated.
1: Wow. Yeah. Shit. It seems like. Uh... It's almost like, who's not vaccinated now? I'm not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that, bro. I'm not doing that. Uh, I feel you, man. I'm right there. Listen, I trust my immune system before I trust that bullshit that they're giving out to people. Oh,
1: gosh. Yeah. You know, God forbid in five, you know, three to five years or whatever, God forbid, you know, start seeing, uh, you know. (sighs) That's a whole different conversation,
2: right? Man, old man, oh man the shepherds, man, don't get me started. Cause I'm one <laughs> of those, I'm one of those conspiracy theorists that they call us. You know what I'm saying? But it's all a, yep. it's always a conspiracy until the shit happens. Right. Then it's oh man, we should have listened to you. <laughs> Late now, you fucking growing an eyeball out your armpit. Now what? What kind of vaccine? And listen, I'm gonna just say this. I don't know if any of you people used to watch um. Zombie movies. How do they make zombies all the time? They always come from a bad vaccination. Oh gosh, man, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Even down to the one. What's that? That joint that um, Will Smith did. Oh the, uh,
1: the um, gosh, you mean the the movie? Yeah. Men in Black. Nah,
2: nah, nah, nah. More newer than that. Oh man he did a, a zombie movie oh, you got me man um shit. yeah,
1: yeah, well, I can't think of it right now that one
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll look it up, man we'll look it up man hey, hey Frenchie, in your opinion man what what makes a good music producer man what 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 are some key components one one must possess to be a good quality music
2: producer man? Good ears. Mm, I mean, imagination. Like, you know, you gotta sometimes be willing to step outside the boundaries when you're making your beats. I hear a lot of stiff beats, a lot of shit that sounds very microwave, a lot of shit that sounds very stiff. Like, don't be afraid to do something different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. (laughs) And and I, I don't say that to try to put anybody down. I mean, there's a lot of I've been hearing a lot of good beats as well as not-so-good beats. I've been hearing a lot of good shit. There's a lot of producers out there that are doing their fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so, mm. You know, it, it, it comes with the territory. You got some good, good guys and the bad guys. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like anything, right? Right. Like anything. And at the end of the day, it's all it's all opinionated. You know what I'm saying? True, true. I might think it's trash. Another person might think that shit's dope and vice versa. So, it's all about opinions. And yeah. Everybody's entitled, they say, right? What's that? Everybody's entitled to their opinion, right? Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? Right. To each his own. And uh, But, but yeah. I like what you said, man, about production, man. Uh, I think it was on Respect the Beat on that clip. And uh, someone asked you what you like most about production. And you said, like, when an artist starts with an empty... You described it, uh, when, you know, right. when an artist starts with an empty canvas, you know, a producer starts with a silent room,
2: right,
1: Right, and, and, and fills it with music, and then the, the end process, the end, or the end result is, uh, the final product, and when you, when you're sitting back, you bobbing your head, you're listening to your, what you just produced, right. I mean, that, that's the juice for you, right?
2: Yeah, that, that's a, that is an indescribable, awesome feeling, you know what I'm saying, when, you come into a room, you don't know, I mean, I know, me anyway, when I come into the room to produce, I have no fucking clue what's about to happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting with an empty canvas. I'm starting with a silent room. And then I start tapping around, playing certain keys, going through certain samples, digging digging through the crates and shit like that. And by the time I'm done, a lot of times, I mean, some a lot of times with me anyway, there's a blackout moment. Like... I'm searching through samples, and then the beat's done. And I'm trying to remember... And I don't remember even, like, putting the drums to that or the bass line to that. Like, that just, that just happened. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. You know, like, that's when you're in the moment so much. You're not even paying attention. You're in, like, automatic mode. You're doing shit, but you're not really paying attention to what you're doing. That's when you're, like, channeling some other, you know, intelligence at that point. You know what I mean? uh, that's what uh, I, I believe. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I know a lot of my best music comes out that in that process. Mm. You just get into that zone, huh? You just right. you're not really paying attention to you. You're grooving to whatever it is going on in the room, and you're just like you know you're getting engulfed with the with the fucking ideas. Wow, man! So when
1: an artist before an artist comes in, French, uh, you know. You you don't you don't have you don't you know, kind of visualize or you don't have you just you kind of space out you you're, you're not, you don't have an idea of what you're gonna do or you, like you said it's just kind of... Like,
2: yeah, when I come in when I when I come in this room and I and I got production on my mind I don't try to pre think about what's gonna happen I just let it happen and you know I might be feeling like jazz that day or I might be feeling like an R and B mode I might be feeling. I'll do a rock beat. You know what I'm saying? It's just depending on how I feel that day. You know what I'm saying? There's right. no telling because I'm not just stuck in hip hop. I love hip hop. It's my birth. Hip hop raised me. It's more of a religion to me than a music, mm. you know, culture. It's a, my religion. Like I believe in hip hop. Absolutely. You know I Man. So because I walk it, I talk it, I live it every day. I wear my hat to the side. That's hip hop. <laughs> All day, forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> when it comes to this beat shit, you just got to kind of embrace the moment because you never know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? And you're not going to always knock it out the park. You know what I'm saying? I've, there's been times I've spent hours on a beat and then just to put it in the trash. Like, nah, that ain't it. Uh-huh. You know? But you know when it's in. You know it give you that fucking feeling like somebody's, No, spark the fire in your chest. You're like, oh, shit, that's it. Yeah. And uh, those beats are called (laughs) no-brainers. Anybody who hears it is going to like it or want to rap to it.
1: Right. I get you, man. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. You just know, man. You just know when you... It sounds like you're a perfectionist, too, though, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, not... To like an asshole con- you know not not to be an asshole about it but yeah. I, I have set certain standards for myself you know through the years now I it has to sound a certain way for me you know what I mean yeah so however long that may take you know but I'm also a very impatient person so I like to get shit done fast <laughs> to get on to the next thing right you know right. it's just like but i know they say haste makes waste but i think if you kind of know what you're doing then why not move at a faster pace that's how me and flea got 12 albums done in 12 months you know because i work fast and he works fast man like that wouldn't have happened with the average rapper no you know what i'm saying an album 10 songs a month for 12 months that consistency Who's doing that? I mean, they're trying to do it now. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? After you've <laughs> done it already, now it's like, oh, now you want to make 12 albums, Papoose. Now you want to make 12 albums? Mr. Rapper Nobody Knows over there? Like, I hear it all the time. Yo, I'm gonna make 12 albums this year. <laughs> you did that already.
1: Man, I forgot about that, man. I forgot about that. That's That's incredible.
2: That's incredible. You produced all 12, and I didn't, I didn't produce all 12 I, I engineered it I mixed the master and Recorded all 12 Okay You know what I mean I produced songs here and there But a lot of those albums were Like The entire the, Whoever producer he decided to work with Produced the whole album Like Shout out to Buck, Wild Pete Rock You know And EJ Shea God bless the dead R.I.P You know what I'm saying Like those three albums alone Gosh Havoc Havoc on uh the last joint for the year was um In the Name of P, entirely produced by Havoc. And that was awful. that's how you go out with a bang when you're doing 12 albums for the year. Gosh, man. That's, an, that's, for, that's just epic, man. man. <laughs> we, we keep and, up. and the features on that one charted like you got Buster Rhymes and Ray and the Chef on the same album. Who's doing that? gosh
1: unreal man hey, I, um, Lord are you coming out in September man, for those shows
2: um I would like to I I gotta see what's going on because tour schedules and studio schedules usually don't match up Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I don't want to make any promises but if I can I will if I can't I'll be there in spirit no doubt man no doubt yeah I know
1: uh I'm gonna try to go to that yeah you know, September Flea Lord. And, uh, gosh, that's that's going to be, yeah, 12 albums in 12, 12 months, man. Phenomenal, phenomenal, man. Yeah, man. So what's next for you, Big French, man? I mean, what, what are some upcoming projects you can talk about?
2: You know, upcoming projects for me is, um, well, I got a project out right now for a reason with Reef Hustle. And another album out right now, Linux Hughes, The Return of Sugar Ray and Quick. Yeah. Yeah. And For a Reason is at, is only available on torchville.com. Torchville.com. And The Return of Rain Quick, that's everywhere. That's on every streaming platform. You know what I'm saying? It's out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can check those two projects out if you haven't. And then I'm working on... Currently, you can catch me on the Mike Power Show. You know, what I'm saying I'm a co-host on the Mike Power Show. We released our first um first episode today. That today. man. Congratulations on that debut episode, man. That's fire, man. We get some nice reviews. I can't complain about the reviews we are and and that was just our first one. You know, what I mean, we we've just begun this journey, particular journey, and. I'm loving the way it's going, and I want to shout out my co-hosts Nicole Porter, Mark Q75, and of course the mighty Mike Powers. So mm-hmm. I love those people. You know what I mean, so you know, we gonna ride with that and see where that goes, where, where that truck is taking us. You know what I mean, yeah, yeah,
1: no, that's that's exciting, man. That's exciting. Like I said, man, that uh, you guys are capturing some magic on the camera, on film there, and uh, on YouTube. And, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen that, go check out the Mike Powers show. Fully loaded with my man right here. Big French co-hosting. And, uh, you know, creating some magic. Making it epic. Why not? Yeah, man, yeah. I got, I got some uh, a couple rapid-fire questions for you right here, man. Okay. New York Yankees or New York Mets? Yankees. Yankees. New York Knicks or... Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Okay, okay. Michael Jackson or Prince? Michael Jackson. Oh. All right, all right. Uh, I would, let me see, um, Dr. Dre or DJ Quick? DJ Quick. Okay, yeah, okay. I like that. I like that,
2: man. I have to agree on that one. I have to agree with you. Quick is dope. Quick is another one of those unsung producers, man. He made some joints. His beats are crazy. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that Cali sound, like mm. this is embedded. <laughs> yeah, like
1: it's uh you hit it. You're right, man. You're right. What else can you say, man? I mean, he's right. he's uh he's got that sound and yeah, it's. uh he's also, you know, you he can, he can rap, he can rap
2: too, man. He's a okay, good- yeah, 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 sure. Right? quick. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's the, the cold track. package. One of those rare dudes that make his own beats and rap. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's not a lot of them out there that do both well. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Right, right. No, it's- uh.
1: Yeah, man. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw those questions at you, man. What? what last question for you, man, before we wrap things up. Who, who are some uh, influencers in your life, uh, mentors in, throughout your life, man? It could be anyone, uh, you know, celebrity. It could be personal friends and family that you would love to sit down with
2: now and have dinner with, man. Um, my early influences were James Brown. Um, James Brown, like, I would listen to his music, like religiously growing up. You know? He's from Harlem, right? James Brown? No, no. Nope. From the south. Oh, I want to
1: say. I, why did I think he was from Harlem?
2: Nah, he's from Harlem. Um, no. James Brown from the south. I want to say Macon, Georgia. I'm not sure. I can't be quoted <laughs> on that, but I think he's from Macon, Georgia. Okay. Um, So I listened to a lot of James Brown, Curtis Mayfield, Um. Roy Ayers. You know, that sort of music growing up. And that was, like, my influence as far as, like, production would probably be, like, of course, Pete Rock. He's the big homie. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's a personal friend of mine. Oh, man. Like, I got a lot of respect for that guy, man. Premiere, of course. Um, man, there's so many. Karras um, One is actually a producer too. That's wow. He does beats. You know, if I'm not mistaken, he produced, um, they call me, Do Nice. You know I mean? mm. um, Lord Jamal is a dope producer. Uh, Another one of my personal friends slash big homies, Lord Jamal, Brand Nubian, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's producing.
1: A lot of people don't know that. Wow, man. Yeah we, yeah, we didn't even get into. I mean, it's just a, there's just so many from New York, man. I mean, it's incredible. Too, it's too many. To Lord me.
2: The Lord yeah. the Lord the Like in my mind. Lord Finesse is the originator of the punchline.
0: Mm.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of rappers wasn't really throwing out really witty, funny punchlines until Lord Finesse was on the scene. So shout out to him and the whole DITC crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Wow, my yeah. Wow. Excellent, man. Yeah, and I, I, I've just been fortunate in this game, like, to meet and actually be friends with a lot of the people I grew up listening to. You know what I mean,
1: that's cool, man. That's very fortunate in that aspect. I, I can't even imagine, man, being you know personal friends with Pete Rock. Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> oh man! My God.
2: CL smooth and those well, guys. I, I don't know. I don't know CL. I never met CL, but right. Man, listen that album or any album by Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth, just, man, that was one duo that should have never broke up in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was that was just heartbreaking because a lot, a lot of those albums was what kind of, I aspired to sound like that. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, like I said, I want my beats to sound like this Pete Rock shit right here. You know what I mean? So, you know, huge influence on me. The- no doubt, man. Well,
1: man, I wish you nothing but the best of luck, man. I, I can't wait to see what the future holds for you, man. And I wish you nothing but the greatest success. French, French you're welcome, man. Absolutely, man. And you're welcome back here anytime, man. Be- before we go, uh, go ahead and plug. Uh, where can the good people follow you, man? Where can they, where can they see
2: your, your, um... um, You can catch me on the program, Big French MVP. You can catch me on the book. Frenchy Hunt, that's my government name. You catch me on, on, on anywhere online. Is, is either Big French or Frenchy Hunt. I'm really easy to find. www.madbullproductions.com is my website. Um, soundcloud. Soundcloud.com slash big French. Got beats up there, I got songs up there. You know, um, you catch me on the Mike Powers show on YouTube, check his page. We're going to try to bring you one of those every week as best we can. Ooh, okay. You're dealing with four different personalities. We'll have four different schedules. Yeah. I mean, and we're in different parts of the world with different time zones. <laughs> so That's right. It's not the easiest thing to make it all come together, but somehow we make it happen. Yep.
1: Exactly. When it's, when it's meant to be, it's, it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. That's a fact, brother. That's right. That's right, man. well thanks again man I appreciate you man I appreciate your time coming on anytime man anytime I'll come on back absolutely let's get you back on man and we'll see what the what the future holds for us man ladies and gentlemen there you have it my man Big French go follow him go check out his music go give him a, a follow and you will you will not be disappointed this man has done some big things uh He's worked with the biggest names in music, R&B, and hip-hop, and uh, it's a pleasure having him here. Um, Thank you once again for tuning in here. If you're on YouTube, if you're on the audio platforms, much appreciation. Nothing but love for you. Don't forget to subscribe. Click that purple logo there at the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Leave a rate review. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, and all that good stuff, man. I love getting the feedback. I love getting uh, constructive criticism. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, it's all good. Much appreciation, nothing but love again. We will see you guys next week with my man Big French, Mad Bull Productions. I'm AA, your host, reminding you to always take it easy. First.
3: Oh shit, I don't got much of a, a juice on here. Thought I charged it. Sir, how are you? Good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you're at. I'm literally on my block. Hey, James, what's happening? M. White's in here? Three Way Productions in here? Oh, we know it's a party now. It's definitely a party gonna happen. What's poppin', everybody? I'm always bragging about... Hey, Rob, what's going on, man? Carla, bronze girl's usually the very first person in here. Hi, Alvin. Guys, I'm always bragging about New York City sunsets. So not every single sunset's phenomenal. I don't know what today is, yesterday was incredible, but my battery died. It already looks like it's crazy down there. I'm just walking right down my street. It said that the sun sets at 829 today. And sometimes bro, it's so red right here. It's like, it's like the brightest reds you could imagine. I got a feeling we're gonna have a, a nice sunset. A lot of it depends on the weather, how bright the day is. Um, this might be a mediocre sunset, but I'm telling you right now, we rival Tahiti, Cancun. New York City has thrown a major celebration, guys. We are 70% herd, immune, vaccinated, whatever you want to call it. We are 100%, according to the mayor and the governor, back. No restrictions. Now, if you don't have... um, your vaccine, they want you to still wear a mask, but ain't nobody gonna tell the truth about that. I'm vaccinated, but I don't know anybody else is gonna tell the truth. So other than that, they're saying 100%. Madison Square Garden. Last night, um, Stephen Colbert was back in the business. Uh, Good morning, New York. All of them back. (laughs) Oh, what do I got here? I got rock and roll on my corner. excellent. I'm going to come back and watch him, but I need to, excuse me, I'm sorry. I need to get some money. Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing down there, bro? Y'all ready to see? Now, my eyes already hurt because the sun is like right in my eyes. Come on, player. Thank you. Uh, we're going to have a nice sunset. It's a beautiful night. right William's in the house. We do got fireworks all over the city tonight. Out here on the Hudson, Um, I didn't plan on doing a long live. I'm just kind of chilling, and uh, we'll see what happens. I just want to kind of show the uh, sunset. I didn't know I have a damn rock and roll concert on my corner. I'm walking to the Hudson River. Jeremiah's in here. Michelle, hi Michelle. Michelle, last night when I was running home, my live cut off and I was showing you guys this beautiful purple sky. It was insane, it was so beautiful. It was gonna be the most magnificent sunset and my thing turned off. So I went inside, I I, uh, charged my phone as quick as I could. And then by the time I got out, the sunset was gone. So today it said it was gonna be at 829. I don't know what time it is. I didn't even put on a watch, no jewelry. I'm just looking mediocre cute today. We got 10 minutes till the sunset, but look at this. I think it's probably because of the buildings away there like this, but the sunsets here down these blocks are insane. Yesterday it was completely like purple and red. Today is just really bright yellow. I don't know that it's gonna be anything spectacular. But we're here. We do, we got fireworks tonight at nine o'clock. And uh, if you're just tuning in, this is not a long live. I think, of course, I'm never prepared. I brought my microphone, but um, I didn't charge my tripod thing. So who knows how long that's gonna work. And the good news is if the tripod does die on me then all I got to do is hold the phone in my hand. I just won't be able to walk around and take you guys on a really cool tour. Now, this is my street. I live on 48th between 9th and 10th. This is right now 10th between 10th and but uh, 48 between 10th and 11th. And right there where the sun's coming through, that is the Hudson River. That's where I'm walking. I'm walking and talking. Of course I am. Jeremiah, how many times have I plugged your channel? Told all my guys that I do my little cooking show, but you really cook. You're making pork chops and chicken cordon bleu and meatloaf and, I told you you need to turn on your, um. you need to turn on the comments so people can comment on there. That's, that's how you're gonna grow your cooking channel. Jeremiah has a great cooking channel guys. Oh, okay. I'll go by tonight when I get off. I went in there a hundred times. I've told you how many times I go in and look at your cooking. I I don't cook like you. I can't cook like you. You really cook. I make my little mediocre same dishes. By the way, I put up a brand new Boogie Bob tonight. Cooking with Boogie Bob. Just a simple chicken and uh, veggies and scalloped potatoes. So New York City is like uh, officially throwing a party tonight. They have the mayor and the governor both agreed, and they almost never agree, that New York City has gotten rid of every single restriction, except if you're not vaccinated, they want you to still wear your mask. But at this point, people who are not vaccinated, they don't care, they're not gonna wear their mask anyway. So we hit what's called herd immunity. 70% of New Yorkers have at least their first shot. I'm going back to open marquee tomorrow, which is nice. All these clubs are gonna be opening. I'm just not even prepared, bro. I'm so stressed out. So this is 11th Avenue. This is the part of the city where all the the car dealerships are. This is Dodge and Jeep, and down here you got Toyota and BMW, Mercedes. New York is sectioned off in, in parts of the city, like you'll have Chinatown. You'll have the fur district. You'll have the fashion district. You'll have the plant district. You have the diamond district. I'm hiring every single one of you. Let's do this. It's been a nightmare trying to hire people back because no one wants to come off unemployment. Although I did have a generous offer from that kid yesterday, if you guys watch my live, Reggie. Reggie wants to work. Could you imagine me putting Reggie at one of my four-star or five-star restaurants? That would probably wouldn't go over very well. Myron's in the house. Everybody, say hi to Myron. Me and Myron go back to, hello. Me and Myron go way back, 80, 79 or 80. Myron came to New York, Myron killed it in New York. They're back open, they have a rooftop as well up there. And uh, I just came out because they said the sunset was, I didn't do any filming today. I've been chilling, taking care of billing. See, when you own a business, you have to bill people. And that's the worst part of it. Of course you need to bill because you want your money and you have to pay workers but billing is just turning on a computer and pulling up info. Oh, it's a nightmare it's my first time in a year and a half there's got to be a better way got to be a better way what's up mike hey don i don't think myron missed a day of the pandemic he's a big shot automobile Wizards, so the pandemic comes around. Myron don't have to shut down business. Everybody can use their car. Here it is, folks. So look, they're doing, they're doing a huge, huge celebration all over New York tonight because we're number one in the country, bro. We went from worst to first in the country, and they have lifted all, any rules, regulations, they're gone. Go where you want, do what you want. They want you to be vaccinated. We're 70% uh, herd immunity right now, and the city is technically business as usual. Although the Broadway shows still aren't gonna ramp up until September, We're going to see. All right, you guys need... Guys, I'm not wearing a jacket today. It's actually chilly. The weather has been crazy out here. This is called the West Side Highway. This is a highway. And they've been doing 60, 70 miles an hour down here. You do not want to cross here unless you're absolutely sure what you're doing. the way, Michelle, that actress who was hit by the scooter from the movie Gone Girl and Cocktail, she actually died this morning or last night. So the person who hit her, they're looking for him for murder, fleeing the scene of an accident. You have to be very careful where you cross in New York. right, guys, so this is Pier 88. We're actually still on my block. That's my block. You all see the big building there. I live below the building, but that's my block. We are now at the the west end of Manhattan. Can't get any more west than this. Any more west than this, you're in the Hudson River. This is where all the the big boats dock, like uh, Princess Cruise and all those big cruise ships, right here. People that are walking here behind me, hold on. Those guys, they're all walking to see the fireworks. I ain't tripping on the fireworks, I ain't bringing you the fireworks. It's going to be on every channel so you can check that out. I'm basically getting out of the house, stretching my legs and bringing you with me. Bone dry is in the house. What's popping, bone dry? Hi, Maria. While I'm here, I'll show you what I can. That wall over there did not have one piece of graffiti on it before the pandemic. Look at it now. Them kids were out here getting their practice in on that wall. Everybody's walking to see the fireworks. I'm not. So, let me show you a better view once I get over here. This is... a nuclear sub. That's a real nuclear sub. That is New Jersey right there. This right here is where Captain Sully Sullerberg landed the airplane when it was hit by geese and the engines went out. he landed on the Hudson with like 180 people on board. Landed right there, it drifted down about two miles because this is not a lake, this is a river. It is the Hudson River and there is current. This is the USS Intrepid. Hey, Fernando, how are you? Fernando's in the house. Everybody's favorite YouTuber, Fernando's in the house. Junior, Sagittarius, 5.5. Did we get you to 200 yet? Guys, he only needs a couple more people to subscribe for him to get to 200 hook him up he's got a great channel got two playboys in his house well myron's a playboy too so we got three playboys myron's a lot older than us guys though myron's like in his probably late 80s or early 90s. Guys, this is the Intrepid. It is an airspace museum, but it did see uh, war. It was in Korea, and it was also in Vietnam. And it was uh, actually kamikaze like five or six times had lots of people die on that boat. And it is now an airspace museum. I don't know how many planes are on there, but there are so many. That's an SR-71. That's an F-15. There are so many planes on the top. Back in the day, Robbie Knievel jumped his motorcycle across a bunch of planes on there. And I think you could dig it up on YouTube. Super shout out to Fernando. It's, it's chilly out tonight, guys, it's pretty chilly. I would actually walk down to the fireworks, but my my tripod only have one button. At some point my, shit get, my thing's getting ready to tilt and uh, I'm gonna have to carry it without the uh, tripod and that's gonna be horrible. So I'm just gonna walk over here The sunset started off really amazing. We do have the best sunsets in the world. It doesn't look like it's going to be anything super spectacular today, but it'll be pretty. Oh, they had to use a crane or something. They definitely didn't fly them there. Um, They're really interesting though. They were all there before I moved here, but One of them I watched, and they did use a crane. And it's the biggest plane on there. It is the Enterprise. You see that pointy building right there? Well, inside that pointy shed right there is a real life space shuttle. And you guys might've seen it. It flew over San Francisco, and then it flew here. When they retired it, they made a real big deal about it. And then they brought it here on barges And I just happened to be on my bicycle that day. And I took video and pictures of it floating past the Statue of Liberty. And then I came down here and they put it on top of there. It's very large. They put it on top of there using a crane or a couple crane. Guys, this is what you call a New York City dog run. Since most people don't have yards, They come here, hey, pretty boy, how are you? And uh, this little guy, hey, little tiny one, hi. Uh, You can come in here, it's encased, it's got a fence all the way around it. You can throw your your balls. They've got the bone-shaped pools and you can have uh, your dog have fun in here. And most of them know other dogs from the neighborhood. Almost every neighborhood has some kind of dog run.